Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Hearty Dice Friends, where we answer role-playing game questions. My name's Grant Howitt, this is Chris Taylor. Hello! Hello. I like your pained hello. Hello! Hello! Like, like, like you're, you're sort of waving from the back of the room, despite there's only, there's only two of us in here. It's me! Hello! <laughs> Grant wouldn't let me in! I have to stand at least 30 paces away. Said my shoes weren't right. Oh. It always says daddy, but I'm not wearing shoes. Chris is on government-issued cocaine. I am. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've come in now. Uh, let, Chris, how did how did you get um, Theresa May to give you cocaine? I asked the Tories very nicely, and they okay. went, oh, that's a, that's a very reasoned um, argument. I think we'll I'll, let you in. I'll have you know. I'm very white and quite middle class. Can I have some drugs, Anything please? I do is not a crime. So you, um, you've, you've been diagnosed with ADD? I've been diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, yes. Mm. My brain which doesn't ex- focus on stuff. Which explains a lot of your behaviours over the last ten years. Does rather, doesn't it? In re- sorry, thirteen years. Yeah. In retrospect. So, um, Cool. I hope, I hope it helps. So do I. At the moment, ha- I'm very much adjusting to new pills. Uh, okay, so like you don't. It's just it's just a fucking pinball pachinko as to what it might be doing on any day. <laughs> yeah, it is all over the place, and like it is affecting mood and all sorts mm. of stuff. Mood. I would very much like this to stabilise a little. I'm, I'm hoping we found a relatively placid island in, in which to record this episode. But if yes. Chris does start yelling about um, feeling like there's a railroad spike through his chest, that's why. That was only yesterday. I, on the subject of cocaine, I got a text from my drug dealer mm-hmm. who sends out marketing um, texts about about once a month. Em- emoji laden. <clears throat> yes, this time fewer emojis. One, he let me know that he let me know that, that the original team were back in charge, which sounds like a coup. <laughs> or somebody just got out of prison. Saying the original team is back in charge, that's like five episodes of The Wire. <laughs> and also, he's offering, one, money back on the new cocaine they've got in. How does that so, even work? So you're guaranteed to enjoy it, and if you don't, money back. Cocaine only, not on weed. Okay. And secondly, he has a referral service. <laughs> if he... If he if you give his number to someone else, you should let him know via and, and, and say, oh, by the way, I refer this number to you. And you get little bonuses and you can opt out at any time. I really, I really hope that there's, he's got two new things coming in. First off is a stamp card. Mm-hmm. Like Waterstones, whenever you spend over £20, you get a stamp. <laughs> okay. And if you fill up a book, you get a free one. <laughs> and then the I, could, other- I could just present him with all my baggies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like bottle reclaim, um, and then an affiliate program, mm. which I suppose it kind of is what drug dealing is. Kind of, but I don't think I should be rewarded for it. No, it's a bit strange. You know that kind of. I think that makes me implicated. Yes. Yeah. Like that. That feels like I'm a drug dealer rather than I'm a drug purchaser. Should also just say, seeing as our lawyer is listening to this. Um, I don't purchase drugs. I don't know what drugs are. I've never had any drugs. And my drugs are government funded. Yeah. I'm not high right now. You're not. It's 11am. Please tell me you're no, not. Yeah, sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I'm actually not high in an honest way. Yeah. But just for legal purposes, I don't know what a drug is or do. Yep. 
such a baby, so naive. I know. I'm sorry. One it's day, okay. I hope. One one day you'll learn, and one day I hope to be able to do one illegal thing, but I've never done any of them. Oh. Chris, we should probably get right into a question before we get any further. Yeah, to this celebrate whole... this, uh, our last episode before I'm arrested. <laughs> oh, actually, on, on the subject of um of, of uh, last of, of episode next before ep- I'm arrested. Uh, yeah, on the subject of last episodes before I'm arrested. <laughs> on the subject of next episode. If this episode is 68 and the mm. one after next episode is 70, do you know what that makes the next episode? Nice. Nice. What are we going to do? We need something special for the nicest episode. We need to do something because it's a long way off episode 420. Yes. I, I, if we reach that... Again, I just think, for the record, do you know what drugs is? Yeah, I just... I, but, but basically, I've heard people say... That like they say four twenty, and that's that's kind of a funny thing. That's like a weed thing. Four twenty plays at your low swag. Yes, that sort of thing. And so I, I reckon that like just trying to be as, as zeitgeisty as possible, mm-hmm. we should tap into that. Yes, it's a marketing thing. But I know that sixty nine is the sex number because that's not illegal. No, that's allowed. <laughs> that is not illegal anymore. You are perfectly allowed to do sex. But what are we going to do? Because a lot of our podcast is about willies and stuff. Yeah. And 69 is, well, two willies or maybe maybe no willies, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> it's a mathematical equation we hope to solve. Maybe maybe we could like just have something large and phallic in our mouths while, while we record the <laughs> intro. I'm just kidding. I have an excellent gag reflex. <laughs> well, I don't know. I have a bad gag reflex. It doesn't work, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Good. I can get my whole hand down there. <laughs> so RPG adjacent. Ask me a question. Then. I'll ask you a question. That's by, by the way. That's why I call him Big Horse so often. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Frankenstein mm-hmm. asks authors of RPG scenarios, as we are now. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for someone trying to write their first scenario? Mm. You need to do less work than you think. Yeah. Um, you you can't assume the players do anything after the first game. Yeah, you've got to um, be ready for them to just... You've got to assume the derailing. Because if you if you just have a series of... of like, it's like, so your, your classic dungeon... Uh, adventure is very linear in that you go into the dungeon and you can leave the dungeon at some point but the idea is you go in and beat the dungeon mm-hmm. to put it in American terms you, you, you clear the dungeon and that's that's all well and good it, mean, it, it means that it's a very easy thing to design but I think in terms of proper proper scenario generation sorry in terms of more Correct. in terms of more open in terms of actual scenario generation oh, I think you'll find in terms <laughs> In terms of scenario generation that I enjoy playing, which are, which are far more open-ended, what you need to do is think about a strong intro scene and then two to three NPCs who have skin in the game or iron in the fire. <laughs> or skin in the fire. Or iron in the game. Iron in the skin. Ah! <laughs> it's all gone wrong for us. The iron's hot! Um, because at that point... You have a strong intro. I'd also recommend making pre-generated characters. Oh, so much easier with pre-gens because you can give oh, them a reason days. to be doing a thing. Yeah. Oh, um, or work like working like rocking up. 
a game like Delta Green where you've got, you know, the reason why you're there. Yeah, is, yeah where you've got implicit. an external force driving you. And that's, that's the thing, like, I think it can be a bit... It, it can lead to some lazy writing if you have an overarching, you know, government or extra-governmental agency who are saying, well, go do these things, because you have to go do these things, um, which can make your choices seem a little bit less exciting, um, especially if it's something like Dark Heresy, where it's quite hard to get yourself into the correct mindset for Dark Heresy, because you have to play a Nazi. Yeah. And it's like a space Nazi, and the people that you're Nazi against are, um, you know, aliens? But No, the Westest of aliens. Yeah. But still, it is it is tricky morally to get yourself into a proper heresy hunting head space. Mm. So have have a reason for the people to be there. Have a cool opener scene. Start in medias res if you'd like, or in media res. In, in media res, I've, I've um, always called it, but I don't know. Well, I think I think it's pronounced with a with in 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 the Latin way, like media. Ah, well, fine. Rather than media, it would have three e's. Which oh, one of oh, us did Latin at high school, Chris? Probably you, because I didn't. Yes, it was me. However, I don't know whether I'm correct. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that speak it, so... You know what? I can guarantee someone will write in. We've only got <laughs> 250 listeners. Are you even an ancient Latin? <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? No one knows how it's pronounced, so we're both right. Exactly. Um, and have some have some NPCs which will take action. And then from those NPCs taking action, this the the story will naturally arise, rather than okay. So the players will go here and do this. The players will question this person and do this. Then we'll find out these things. And it's oh, it's so boring. Yeah. And as as we found out today, reading through an, an adventure which I will not name, mm-hmm. cutscenes are not fun. Why didn't you like without without mentioning the name of this? Can you shed a little bit more light? So the first section of this adventure mm-hmm. is described as a cutscene like from a video game. It mm. is a non-interactive section. Which is a section... bad in video games. Right? I like to skip those. <laughs> it's a non-interactive section where you set up the plot and just tell people, like, no, let them play the game they came for. Don't well, have like... long swathes of read aloud text. Like, from what I can tell, it's like, oh, the world is ending. Yeah. And like, so I can tell that's, that, that, that's kind of a cool intro, but like, maybe have it as, you've been dreaming of the end of the world, you've seen these things, and then we start. Or you can flash back. Like, you can be at the, at the end of the world and then flash back to how you got there. Yeah. But don't take control away from the players at any point. Like, like let, them, let them fuck up. And like understand, like show them that this is hopeless. Yeah. And then the and then the act of of playing through the game is oh let's let's find a way to make it less hopeless I suppose. Yeah, and like it's it's the old thing of show don't tell, mm. and do that all the way through the adventure. Mm. Show them how the plot moves forwards and how everything's connected, rather than just going. And of course, you'll know that X equals Y. Also, fundamentally, you need to give the GM so much room to just make shit up all the time. Yeah. Um, and also communicate to the GM that they're supposed to make shit up, and they're supposed to have weird connections, and they're supposed to have bonus content you haven't planned for. Because if you don't leave room for that, then they feel that they have to memorise the whole thing or go back and look it up when, when the players ask questions, which completely slows the flow of play. And if, and and if and also, if, if it is entirely full, then they can't 
hope to step out and have any sort of original interaction with the game. Yeah, like if if you've got any prep at all, it's a couple of index cards with what you need to happen in a session. Yeah, like, well, like fun, if it's an investigative fun scenes, thing, it's like they need to find X clues. Like fight in a hospital? Question mark. Yeah, fight up the side of a building. That's great. That's fantastic. Jet bikes. <laughs> That's a session. Camel. Camel. What's the camel doing? We don't know it, yet, but I want to put a camel in. In my head, the camel's a shop owner. <laughs> Would Hello. You my wares? Hello. Please, please peruse my wares in my stall in the souk. <laughs> put that down. He's <laughs> <laughs> just defending himself with the book. <laughs> don't make me spit on the book again. <laughs> That's my property currently. It's me. The cow. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was reading. You were getting real deep into the cow. I was work. really getting into him. Yeah, like I was, I was constructing a little backstory, and like, and like, uh, like he, he, he had to leave his camel wife and camel kid to go and um, sell goods in the souk. Should also note he's not like a humanoid camel, just a full camel Honestly, folded got, up into one of those little Moroccan stalls. I've got the kind of image of a camel version of Felix from Indiana Jones. I don't know who that is got like a white a little white suit and he's an Englishman out of his depth oh um is is he the one who's running to the plane or starting the plane I think so yes okay no that's the mechanic yes no but in like um the later films uh, okay I forgot the names of them that's fantastic I can remember the minor character in them but not the names of the Um, films it goes it goes Raiders of the Lost Ark um Temple of Doom Kalima, um, the uh, my uh, my dad's here, and there's Nazis. Uh, Last Crusade, and Sheila Booth, Crystal Skull, Crystal Skull, and the new yeah. one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Jesus, he's too old for that now. Let, let him sleep. I really hope they just do an Indiana Jones one where he's dead old. I hope they just do one where he's dead. <laughs> like, like. Like he starts and like and like it's 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 got the dun, 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 like camera panning over the university. Professor Jones, Professor Jones, no, no, children, I, uh! and, then, <laughs> and then just dies. And it's a it's a story about someone else doing like <laughs> like like perhaps like um, Jackie Jones, his daughter, or it's just like eighty, still okay. in still, still in university, still, so like older still than Harrison Ford is now. Yeah, there's display cabinet stretching off into the distance and he's just looking going yes they do look better in a museum and credits <laughs> and then like after the credits we get Sean Connery out again but he's wearing an equivalent amount of old age makeup <laughs> so he's 142 <laughs> Sean I've, I've, I've found some more ancient Atlantean magic that can extend our lifespan <laughs> get in the sidecar of this motorbike with me Drink deep of this cursed liquor. It contains the soul of a madman. I'm not drinking anything Sean Connery hands me. No. Well, no. I don't want to accept. I don't want to accept kindness from that wife beater. No. Um, uh, It's my turn to ask you a question. It is, yeah. Can I ask it as Sean Connery, please? You may. Yes. Uh, Wizard West says, Players, what nice things do you do for your GMs to thank them? I haven't been a player in so long. I'm trying to yeah. think. I mean, you've played a couple of one-shots that I ran. Yeah, I mean, generally, like... Holy shit, was it third year the last time you were a player? Third year of uni? Yeah, it was. Oh, my days. That's what? 
a decade ago? No, wait. No, no, it was it was a decade ago because yes, it was uh, it was uh, fourth ed we had a game of and you played a you played a cleric of Big Mike. Yes, who was the god of adventuring. I loved Big Mike. Every kicked uh, in door was a prayer to Big Mike. <laughs> Whenever you bend down to take someone's shoes, that's that's that, that's bowing and obedience. In, 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 and what's, what's the other thing? Uh, he'd he'd uncovered this uh, this this, this mythical midichlorian like energy called XPs. XPs. He referred to XPs. Uh, which you could earn by killing powerful creatures, and then it rushed into you, <laughs> like in Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a pretty good D and D god. Big Mike was brilliant. Like, uh, like in, in in that campaign, I started out because it was a pine hopping campaign. Mm. I was a cleric of Jesus. Yep. Uh, with a gun, and then by the end of the first campaign, I had converted to be a cleric of Big Mike. <laughs> a lot of people did. <laughs> so the end of the first game, yeah. Um, god, that was, god, yeah, that was ten years ago. The last time you were a player. Yeah, so it's been a decade since I've been a player. Well, what was what was what was the nice thing you did for Adrian? So I guess you do stuff like, I guess sorry, like that's that's like a regular campaign as well. I should say because we've 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 done like we've we've played one shots um, with each other or for each other. Yeah, yeah, but like, for any length of time, like mm. if it's if it's a regular game, do the stuff that the GM because the GM's normally the host. Yeah, traditionally, we generally do, play at the do house. Do stuff that the GM doesn't need to do to take it off their hands like get some food ready tidy up tidy up tidy up after yourselves don't be a dick in somebody else's house like, like that's the best way to thank a GM possible y- like y- you know where the bin is yeah don't just leave right? shit lying around come on people we used to so uh, the very first GM I had um, he lived in a, a student accommodation with um, three other uh, GMs three or four uh, two or three of the GMs um, and r- roughly once a month, we would tidy his kitchen, mm. and we would go in and like and like it was just a thing we did while he was getting ready. We would go in and throw out all the empty bottles of coke and like bag up the toilet rolls. And um, I don't think any of us ever di- ever washed any dishes, but like just yeah, sort of make it. just sort of make his house livable. Yeah, so we could access it. God, it was disgusting in there. Um, it's more of a health and safety issue at that point. Bringing snacks is always nice. Honestly, honestly, what nice things can you do for your GM to thank them? Thank them? Yeah, I like. I, I definitely make a habit of like. I I will always thank my players for turning up, and yeah. generally, um, after a game, people will say thank you for running it because it's like depending. Like, I will say the way which Chris and I GM doesn't really require thanks. We don't do much. <laughs> wow. But 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 no, we make it seem like we do a lot. I I put in days. Days of work. For that's every, that's every that's, hour. Pr- that's provably false. Shit. You've you've not put days of work into anything. No, that's true. No. I've been too distracted. But now, <laughs> thanks to this government-issued cocaine, <laughs> fucking diamond laser focus. <laughs> it's mainly lying down at the moment. I will admit. Yeah, it has well, been hopefully that will be on. We'll be on uptick soon. We like we we managed to get half an hour of work in together on Monday before the before the cocaine really kicked in. Yeah, it just really took me unawares. <laughs> yeah, to have a lie down. Like what happens with cocaine? It's ridiculous. Like I I need to lie down all the time. Like that's not how I imagine cocaine. Is that why people on cocaine are such assholes? Yeah, because they're really sleepy. Apparently, <laughs> I just want to have a lie down. <laughs> just, argh, argh. That's why they drive so fast. They're just trying to get back to bed. <laughs> I want to have a lie down and tell you about my ideas. <laughs> I've got an idea for a business. 
I could get home and get on Discord this second. <laughs> I've got a link to share. Um, what's the question? What's the, what nice things. things do you do for your GMs to thank them? So, like, I managed to convince my players to bring me a bottle of wine, which was fucking genius on my part. Yeah. And then, and then since then, unfortunately, my gaming group has moved on to mainly new players, and I don't think they have quite as much money. And so I can't quite trick them into buying me a large bottle of red wine every week. The best part was that most of your group didn't drink. Yeah, just me and one other. Yeah. Like, so, so, so like occasionally one of the players might have like a glass of wine, but Unky Grant would get more and more lugubrious as the evening as the evening wore on, like very much wore on. I I always sought out food for my players. And I kind of view that as, like, because quite often I use them for playtesting, so I view that as a kindness and, like, almost payment, as it were. Or, like, hey, yeah. I'll, hey uh, I'll make you dinner, come over, we'll hang out, it'll be nice, and then tell me what you think of my game. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, it's not paying them fairly for their feedback, but here's the trick about, about playtest feedback. You don't have to listen to it. <laughs> I personally ignore most of the feedback I get. Yeah, uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the playtest feedback goes into the product. Yeah, so like like when I get feedback, I'm I'm not tremendously sensitive about it, but I do like I, <laughs> I, I, these I, bastards I, wants to change my game. But I have to be in the right mood for it. You know? Yeah. Also, like out of the two of us, I do more of the writing. I do yeah. more of the do more of the creation. So one of Chris's important jobs is for me to send the it's, it's, it's to send the playtest feedback to Chris and, and for Chris to basically say, "All right, here's what we need to change," and not read the horrible stuff. Yeah, like Chris handles my bad reviews. <laughs> yeah. I do like, PR. Yeah, like 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 a long suffering agent. Yes, fishing me out of swimming pools at five a.m. <laughs> mm. So sorting out food is nice. Thank James. You, you thank Buying them dice nice. is nice. I had I had one of my players buy me a, a set of dice, which I was very touched by. Mm. Do uh, check and see if they've got like sixteen kilos of dice. I had um, one of my players bought me a dice bag because I didn't because I was just carrying around my dice in a ziplock uh, plastic bag. Yeah, and now you just carry them loose in the bottom of another bag. No, I've got, I've got the all leather dice bag. Okay, or whatever dice I've got in my pockets is. <laughs> yep. Part of the reason why I've written so many different role playing systems is because I forget to bring dice. So I simply host the role-playing systems online, and whatever I've got on me can feasibly run a game. Yep. It's yeah. genius. You're genius. Oh. Um, ask me a question. Okay, this is a fairly long one. Can you do it in the voice of... No, I was going to ask you to do it in the voice of Sean Connery. No, don't. no. Stens pockmark the wood near where you landed. The stall awning ripped open to leave the mysterious stranger prone, their drow skin already blistering in the sunlight. You see the Azurite Bondsworn wrestling with their Stenlock and take your chance, diving into the sun-drenched alleyway. It's like wading through fire. You stumble, grasping blindly for the stranger, trying to drag them to safety. In that moment, you remember the masked face of the Aelfir you killed, and a question gasped through a mask that drove you forever into the shadows. Which of the Spire classes would you fuck? Which would you marry? And which would you choose to kill you? Congratulations on winning Best Question Award. Well asked. Well conceived. Mm. I'm very impressed. My favourite is how the, the, the name slot is twice the length of the question. Oh, at least four times the length of yep. the question. I also like it's not who do you want to kill, it's who do you choose to kill you. Yeah, that's important. Doubling down on the kink. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so uh, I think I think we should agree between ourselves. So like, we we only allowed to pick one between us, as it were. Okay. Um, I'd probably fuck the knight. That's not a bad shout, actually. I will say this is pretty niche. If anyone, if also if anyone doesn't know Spy but does listen to the podcast, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Would like to meet so I can talk to you about Spire for a bit. Yeah, also, also like you should buy Spire, my dude. <laughs> you should make that <laughs> get on that. Yeah. Um, knights are rowdy, fun time boys and girls who look good, wear wear sexy armor, and get in fight. I guess I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to deal with the realities of dealing with a drunkard who got in fights, but I would probably probably have good sex with them. Yeah, could be fun. Plus, my uh, the the one NPC I insist on putting in every iteration of Spire is a knight. Sally. Handsome <laughs> Sally Grackler. <laughs> She's everywhere. Yep, she can never die. If if if, uh, if handsome Sally Grackler dies in your game, your game is not canon. <laughs> and you have to start again. And it is trash. It is trash. Don't harm my precious Sally Grackler. <laughs> um, who would you marry? Um... I don't know. Like, part of me is thinking idle, but, I'm, but then I suddenly went, no, I, I don't know... I don't know if it's they'd, magic or what. They'd have you do horrible things. Yeah. I think also, like, we've been given quite a lot to choose from. Normally, it's only three people, and then, and then you do Shag, Marry, Kill. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. Lejeune? Yeah. I mean, they're nice. Well... They're closest to normal people. My, they can turn into moonlight? Yeah, it's true. And and they can ritually blind themselves to see into the future. Oh, you make a strong point. So not really normal, but they are—they are like the most mum of classes. That's that's the Spider Man. That's midwife. The Spider Man, midwife. I guess this, I don't want to marry a spider wife. Well, get one. Get one that ain't all spider. I guess I just. Like, hey, love, could you turn off the spider for a bit? <laughs> <laughs> just just pop those extra legs away, could you? Just for a sec. Okay, now I think I think the most exciting part of the, part of the question: Which of the spider classes would you like to be killed by? I would not like to be killed by a carrion priest. No. Probably quite quick. Yeah, but it's what happens after. Yeah, that's true. I think I would like to be killed by the Bound, who are an order of, vig- of like Shibari Batmen. Mm-hmm. Um, vigilante hunters. Because hopefully I would have deserved it. Yes, but also there's the, the, there's the problem of a screaming god knife going into you, and I don't know what that does to a person. Yeah, that probably feels weird when it goes in, huh? Mm, more so than a standard knife. Yeah, it, it is at least, I imagine, wobbly. <laughs> yes, serrated. <laughs> no, I meant like it vibrates when it goes in because the oh, gods... Okay. That's, like, that's just a bread knife, that's not a god knife. <laughs> <laughs> I have been really confused for most of my life. <laughs> I have to dismantle a shrine. I'll be right back. <laughs> I have to replace it every day with a French with, with a fresh French loaf. <laughs> Like they're all, they're all horrible to get killed by. For me, the firebrand, I guess. The firebrand would well. The firebrand would get his mates to do it. Yeah. Mast, you'd never know it's coming. Yeah, definitely. It would be poison, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be poison, what an asshole! But it would, but it would, it would be the sort of poison that hurts. Yeah, just to really drive the point home. And I'm already fucking the knight. (laughs) So So then. So what, what, after, please. It just it just strikes me as like they're the most straight up character. You know, they've got something approaching honor. Yes, that is even true. though they have the dirty fighting skill. I, but we can't do it because we're already having sex with them. I, I don't want to be killed by an Azurite. 
because that's definitely just getting your head smashed in with a pot plant or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an honourable death. Like, no, not it's a just watching birth. while the bodyguard beats you to death. Let's go. Let's. Uh, I, I think Firebrand is it. Yeah, I think Firebrand, I think Firebrand is, is that. Like, like you'd probably get shot, um, and hopefully, hopefully, some people would enjoy it. And again, honestly, I was probably an asshole. Yeah. So probably deserved it. I mean, we did write them. Yeah. Maybe we should put ourselves in the game as gods. Yeah, well, that's you, that's gone so well before when we've done you get that. Stra- you done get strange that. reality warping powers when you worship us. Yeah. Yeah, we did that once before and it was terrible. Yeah. So we okay. put other people in the game this time and it was much better. Give me a question. Dave Chen asks, Which is worse, a player who always plays the exact same character with the exact same skill set regardless of the game you're playing... Or a player who always deliberately chooses to play a character that doesn't fit in whatever setting or system you're playing. Uh, it's the second one. It's the second one, just hundred times. It's the second one, yeah. Oh, it makes me so angry. Um, it's it's really infuriating. Mm. And like it's okay to invert stereotypes, but um you gotta you gotta play ball, dude. We've all showed up here to, to tell a story together. Yeah. And you want to tell a different story. Like go go tell a different story in an adjacent room. Yeah, get out of my house. Fuck further off than that. <laughs> Fuck all the way off. Now it's it's tricky. Like I mean, the, the other thing is no, there's no instruction to players in a lot of games about about making a character which works in the story. No, that's very true. Like, actually, like the GM's told to make NPCs that are that are sort of like valuable to the players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at no point is it okay. Outside of tactical benefits, here's how to make a character which fits in nicely. So, like, try and have hooks with the other with the other players. Try and have reasons that you're hanging out together. Try and make the sort of person who a load of low rent vagabonds would want to hang out with. Yeah. And we're not told that. It's just like, oh, make whatever you want. It's it's, it's it's it pops up as well when you make some fairly let's say you make a fairly standard adventuring party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got your thief, your warrior, whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of you goes, I'm chaotic evil. Mm. Is that is that really a thing you want to do? Because what you've just said is is fuck your game sideways. Yeah. When the rest of you are pl- lawful gods. I want to play a different game. Well, go fucking play it. Yeah. I, um... like, sometimes there's an interesting thing you can do with somebody who doesn't quite fit in and it's about their journey to fit in. For sure, yeah. That's and like, kind and of like, cool. When you role play through their struggling to fit in, in and like you generate story, you, you generate story out of that. Yes. Rather than I don't fit in, so I'm not going to take part. Yeah. You know, like you need you, you need to show your PC struggling. You need to show them getting through stuff. It's it's tricky, um, and I think it's incredibly hard to make a character who fits with everything. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, like if you consider the, the we were talking about this last session. Uh, sorry, last um, episode. When we were to- when we were talking about cutting down the D and D classes, if you consider the different classes you can have in Dungeons and Dragons, which is kind of the base role playing game, it's not wacky or out there, especially. You know, mm. you can have a warlock who sub who 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 follows uh, the ineffable whispers of the old ones. You can have a paladin to the sun god. You can have a guy who can turn into a wolf because he can turn into a wolf, and you can have dude with sword. And also, all in the same party, fella from Mystical East. Yes, of course. Sorry, yes, yes. You, you have a man who's from the Mystical East and has read so many scrolls, his hands catch fire, but not in a bad way. In a good way, very good way. 
and these guys are all hanging out, and there's no there's no sort of implied cohesion there. It's very difficult to sort of make make that work. I will say on the subject of um of um alignments, uh, I've banned my players from using from using ones that are written in the book. So <laughs> That's a good I think, way of doing uh, it. One uh, one of my players is uh, lawful nice. Catch <laughs> frumpy. Which I really like, and like I think I think you can have a lot more fun coming up with your own with, with, with your own alignments. Plus, that makes detect alignment incredibly fun. <laughs> yes, it seems like this person's lawful nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> this person's neutral aggressive. Now, I think that this is this is the um, this is maybe this is someone acting out. Maybe this is someone just being a dick. I don't know. Um, like I think we've all we've all had characters which don't quite fit in, and then rather than sort of changing them, we've lent into that to try and tell a story. And mm. sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And I think this is obviously, obviously a discussion like you need to have with the player um, to, to sort of like say like, can, can you play something which is normal, or like, do you want to do you want to play like I really like this character concept you've got here, but it doesn't work with the setting. Do you want to play in a different setting where that character fits? Yeah, I mean, but it it's... might be that everybody in the game actually wants to play the setting that this character has generated. But I think I think that that's probably not it, and this person is probably just being wants wants to be special. So mm. if you if, if if everyone was a three armed cat girl, <laughs> um, in your game of um, Dark Heresy, then that wouldn't that wouldn't be so exciting for them anymore. They want to be the only cat girl in the Emperor's Grace. Yeah. Well, I mean, 13th Age did that with the one unique thing. Like, yeah, one unique sure. thing is, I'm the only three-armed cat girl. It let you get a bit of your Mary Sue out of the way. Yeah. And, like, we've all got a bit in there. Oh, for sure. You know, and especially seeing as we're making a character who we want to win, as it were. On that subject, I wrote... I started writing a book four years ago, Chris. Um, which I, don't, I didn't, like... Uh, it was I started writing a, a, a novelization of my game Force Blade Punk. Right. It is the worst shit. (laughs) It is the the absolutely worst shit to the extent where I couldn't quite drum up the courage to post it anywhere. Oh, dear. Do you want me to read it to you? Please. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, hit me with it. I'm intrigued. Listen to me. I'm ready to go off like a fucking Roman candle. Like, Like a firework? Yep. I'm ready to blow up. I'm ready to explode. This feeling is building at the base of my spine and I'm going to set the city on fire when I release it. I'm going to come fire all over the place. I'm going to come so hard hard it knocks down buildings. (laughs) Gross. I leap off the roof, feel the wind rush up my sleeves and billow out my jacket (laughs) and smash hard into the ground in a kneeling stance. My new legs take the brunt of it, which means it wasn't a big enough fall for the Daedalus unit to kick in. Which means that I needed either to get it modified to work on shorter falls, or find bigger buildings to jump off when I made my entrance. <laughs> That's beautiful. I think I think my favourite part was so I jumped off the building. The thing I remember most was my windy sleeves. <laughs> Before the end of the first page and talking about his erection. <laughs> I wasn't lying to font. That wasn't just a blurb for the after show. I feel like I'm ready to burst. My heart is mashing itself against my chest. I feel like I could fuck half the city and kill the other half. (laughs) 
I feel ten stories high, burning like a high-rise set ablaze. It's drugs, but it's her too. I can't wait to see her. I'm hard already against my jeans. I don't know if the drones will focus on that. Fucking let them. This is what I am. Diamond hard, fire bright, blood hot, ready. And then just the word... And the rest of this passage is... Is, is is stored on uh, gshowitt.livejournal.com <laughs> Oh, my live journal is much better than that. <laughs> oh, jinx. So yeah, I found that recently. I I, I, just, I, was, I was having a smoke out back and I was like, oh yeah, I've started writing a book. I started writing a book a few years ago. I should go back and take a look. Oh no. Oh, mistakes were made. Oh no. See, so, that was my Mary Sue. Yeah. Um, who does like and like by page three he's already he's already like trying not to cry over a breakup so there's that but wow. still <laughs> yeah anywho well, let's, let's look at the other half of this of this which is worse dilemma mm-hmm. which is the player who plays the exact same character with the exact same skill set mm-hmm. is that actually a problem well it depends if the skill set doesn't fit true yeah I guess if it makes you the second category yeah um, so if you if you insist on playing a um, like if, we, if we take the Dark Heresy example again, if you, if you insist on playing another Charlotte Bronte expert. <laughs> sorry, if you insist on playing Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> what's your skill set being Charlotte Bronte? <laughs> so far, we've played Call of Cthulhu, fit fine. Dark Heresy, <laughs> dread, mm. bit of a weird one, and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Every time with this Charlotte Bronte bullcrap. I'm just saying, it's a game, and I should be allowed to play whatever I want, and I want to play a robot police dog. There are other Brontes! <laughs> you could have been Emily! There's a range, goddammit! So, yes, it's tricky. I think that, you know, you, you got, I, I'd rather have the first one than the second one. Yeah. Because, like, a, a stop clock is right twice a day, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, so, I'm, I'm guilty of the first one. I think that we 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 have our set characters, don't we? We have the characters which we which we default to. Yeah. Um, when we go in, which we feel comfortable playing. You generally play taciturn guys who are very tall, and I play slightly tall men who are very talkative. Mm. I don't know where those are coming from. Not a clue. Not a clue where that inspiration is being drawn from, really. Mm. But I mean, it's interesting because, like, I have a couple of of different character tropes that I play mm-hmm. regularly. And yeah. it's interesting to look at systems and go, well, how would I make my character trope yeah. in this system? Can it handle it? Yeah. Does it work? Or is it just out of the, the ballpark of the game? Mm. Um, and I, I find that a good way of very quickly judging a system. Because judging I'm whether or not I'm going to play it. No, not no, judging a system as to whether or not those characters are appropriate. Yeah, fair. But also, if I'm trying to make a character that I know really well, I know what I'm looking for. And it gets me to like very quickly scan the list of feats, say, mm-hmm. and see what that would fit, that would fit, that would fit. <laughs> Jesus, what's that? I just broke a lot of stuff. Are you okay? Yeah, it's cool. It, it's not broken, is it? No. Okay. You had a little fright? Yeah. I was cooking. I was cooking a couple of days ago. I opened the cupboard to get some salt out. And a jar, a full jar of marmite, landed hard on a full jar on, on a full uh, glass of water and smashed it on the side. Oh my god! It was it's properly like ah! It like was properly like ghost coming out of the cupboard. It was proper like the marmite was thankfully unharmed. Although the fact that it that, that, that it does back up the rumours that my that my wife believes that it is malevolent. 
But, um, oh, it was properly like... It's like a flashbang going off. <laughs> you need a bit of a lie down. I didn't have shoes on or anything. I was I was wearing these little like I was wearing like, uh, linen shorts, so it, it wasn't like I was defended or defended from the glass or anything. I stood there for a full minute, going, "All right, what are we gonna do?" <laughs> Did All you right. do that that awkward like high need dance out of the kitchen trying to dodge the glass um, on the floor? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I, lo- um, I love that that walk. Everybody does it. I then didn't put on shoes. <laughs> I was just I was just very careful. I was like, oh, bleeding there. And got the cat to help. <laughs> I cut the top of my foot. Wow. I got glass lodged in my toe, tried to wipe it off on my other foot and cut my foot. <laughs> I'm a graduate and business owner. <laughs> and full adult, Grant Howard. Full, full, 100% adult, 31 years old. I, I could have died in a war several times over by now. Yeah. Guess that's why they don't let me. Can we move on, please? We can. Mm. I'm, I'm waiting for my question. Okay. I, li- I like it when you ask them. Oh. But I understand. I can ask you a question. No, it's just very hot. I, I, I don't a, like choosing things. I've got a super, you, you, hot, I got I, a super you, hot question from Prumble. You've you got one lined up? Yeah, I've got one, got one right, in the barrel. Right. Give, give, me some, give me some of that Prumble question. Prumble asks, One of my players gets oddly shitty when NPCs don't immediately like him and do what he wants. If my NPCs love him and go along with everything, it feels like pandering. If I make in-game consequences for being unreasonably rude and aggressive to NPCs, he's disappointed. I've tried talking to him, but it keeps happening. This player is otherwise delightful. Any thoughts I have to do with this friction? Hmm. Kill his hmm. dog. Yeah. What you want to do? Like, well, like maybe not kill. Get his dog. Take. Yes, take and then possess his dog. Mm. And then next time he does it, you uh, you, you 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 go mm, okay, and then wordlessly get out an iPad and and uh, and uh, open an ongoing Skype call, which is a video of the dog, <laughs> which is sitting upright in a chair with a bag over its head. <laughs> so at that point, it could be any dog, really. Oh no, there's a, there's a very clear like view of the collar. Ah, oh, okay, right, yeah, and the name tag. yeah, and like like uh, like it uh, like the, the camera uh, zooms in. In a juddering way, like 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 an interrogation video, mm. it's like you can hear it, you can hear it zoom in. And today's paper is just thrust into the middle. <laughs> and a man in a balaclava. <laughs> you have to start. You have to start being nicer to NPCs. <laughs> says the says it says through a voice modulator. As <laughs> another and as another black balaclava man walks in, lifts the bag of the dog's head and gives him a little trick. Kevin, no, it's a hostage. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry. Darren, we're gonna we th- weren't going to use names. We're going to throw your dog off a dam. <laughs> I'm going to feed your dog to rattlesnakes. <laughs> going to put your dog in a car and then put a brick on the on the accelerator and, really and have it drive towards. <laughs> I'm going to put your dog in a hot car and not put its favorite music on. <laughs> So threaten pets. Yeah, definitely threaten pets. Yeah. Um I think you need to lean into this. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you have every NPC um is just immediately behaves normally. So like they're not just sort of bending over backwards and pandering, you know, that sort of thing. So like so like, well, why should I hate you? What why should I help you? And this guy's like, oh, fuck you. Fuck your game, you massive bastard. I hate you. I did your mum. And you're like, wow, okay, sorry. Oh, Jesus. Um, 
the the person you were talking to is nice now. But then what you do is you have a little notebook, which is all these people's names and motivations and leverages <laughs> they, they have over the character. And they slowly build a conspiracy against this person. So rather than... Rather than... The, um, Rather than it being like an, an immediate in-game consequence, he thinks it's all fine. He just thinks that everything's okay. And then, later, step one, you reveal that there's this, that there's been this ongoing conspiracy against him, and now everyone's sort of teamed up to um to to destroy him, like uh, like that inversion of the end of of Army of Two, the fortieth day. <laughs> and step two, you throw his dog in a lake, <laughs> off a dam, off a dam. <laughs> Step two, you tie his dog to a rocket and shoot it into space. You tie his dog to another better dog and just show him up. (laughs) You tie his dog to a horse and shoot the horse. (laughs) Whilst at full gallop. There's nothing against the dog. (laughs) This is is an odd problem. You put his dog in a walk-in freezer. (laughs) He's going to freeze the dog. It is really weird. Like it's the thing I can totally see this player. I think I've had this player before. Mm. I can see that. Just like like someone who gets like has sort of protagonist itis, as it were, and so they're like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, I'm super cool. And like the way in which they show high status is by being an asshole. Yeah. And PCs are necessarily in most NPC interactions they have high status characters because they've got more resources, they've got more power, they've got higher strength, probably, you know, magic weapons and shit. They've, they've got more um, renown in society. Um, and it's only when you're coming up against people like kings or, um, you know, magistrates and that, who, who people are still very rude to because, unfortunately, it doesn't, you don't have all, all, the, um, all the gravity, sorry, all the gravitas and majesty of a king because it's just your mate Brian yeah. saying, oh, hello, I'm the king, you mustn't be rude to me or I'll chop off your head. And it's it can be difficult to communicate that, and so people can sort of break the tone of the game. And I can sort of see that coming up, and that's and that's a bother. But um, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, I mean, the other thing to do is to go literally the other way and make them fawning sycophants like the bards in Assassin's Creed that follow your character about. Oh, those guys! And just have everybody around. Just I want to play with song. Yeah, and just have everybody. I've bought you some flowers. Just but like then, but following then, them to dungeons, but then like, but then he'll be rude to them again. That's fine. They just oh, I they love think it. he's like the Messiah, or like, or like, perhaps they think that he's being funny. Yes, or or they think this is some sort of ongoing avant-garde art piece. That would work. I like that. Oh, oh, how delectable! You shot another peasant. Oh, do it again! Do it again! Would you like a sandwich? I've made you a sandwich. <laughs> Encore. Cool. And like, and they just start getting in the way of NPCs. Yeah, they just ruin every social interaction he has because they're just. And then, and then, oh, here's a good one. You just say at the end of the campaign that he died before the first session and has been a ghost, <laughs> and so every NPC has been terrified of him. <laughs> And just simply trying to sixth sense style, trying to help him find peace. <laughs> Is that all? he gets a proper reputation? So the second he goes up to an NPC, they just run screaming. 
I just run. They just run away from me. Yeah. I'm not dealing with this. No, no, no. no Merchants, healers, shot plot shot. givers, everything. Mm. Like, no, get out. Don't. No, no, no. Or, or just, or, or, like, or like they, like they're very polite and they refuse to, they refuse to reveal the plot. No, it doesn't matter. It's not important. Yeah, it's fine. There's no, there's, there's no ancient ritual. Don't worry. It's fine. Yeah, Do a sandwich. Maybe a sandwich. No, get out. Get out. Eat up and leave. <laughs> I've got a question. Oh, please ask. Bell asks, "Why isn't when to level up a player's call?" I don't know. I think wow. it's the, the best answer to that. I don't know why it isn't the player's call. I suppose traditionally you're looking at the like the interactions. The GM is in charge of the story and in charge of the world, and so part of the story in the world is, is is tied to the progression of power. Yes. And so by having um, by saying, "Well, you've done enough things in this world which are challenging, so therefore your skill has improved, so you can have the thing." Um, I think um, honestly, it's closer. Like in, in our game, Unbound, we have players basically saying when they're going to level up. Yeah. Uh, in that you in that you have scenes, um, you come up with one scene yourself, and the group comes up with another scene for you. And when you complete both those scenes, you level up. Um, but I think the main reason why when 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 to level up or when to advance isn't a player's call is to stop power gaming. Yes, but if you're adults playing around a table. Hmm. They're not just going to go. So you've just gotten into the tavern. What are you going to do? Uh, level up. Uh, yeah, I'm level five now. Yeah, nobody's going to say uh, that. I'm really tall. That's the thing. What's the thing? Like, like you say, no one's going to say that. Power gaming is still a, a definite issue, especially in a game with something like Pathfinder, um, where it's possible to make a bad character, and it's possible to make a very sorry. It's possible to make a, a, a suboptimal character quite yeah. easily, and it's also with a little bit of research, fairly easy to make a very optimized character. And so, what? Like, if we're all ad- if we're all adults playing around a table, the reason why you wouldn't say, "Oh, I level up," is still the GM blocking you from doing that, but through through a social contract rather than a mechanical contract. I don't think it's the GM necessarily blocking. It's the, I think it's the table as a whole. Yeah, it's it's all it's everybody agreeing on a point at which to level up, which mm. is perfectly fine. If everybody goes, "I think we should level up now," and everybody goes, "Yes," then level up. Actually, come to think of it, there's no harm with that whatsoever. No, like I think, like especially in some, well, in something like Dungeons and Dragons, in something like where uh, you've got a strict mechanical progression, it can undo the GM's work, or it can undo a uh, let's say uh, if if you've got a published adventure for levels five to seven, you're like, well, we're level three, or well, we're level eighteen, then you, you, you're going to have a bad time. No, but the, the great thing but, about that is that you just go, well, you don't have any other leads. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we're in a dungeon. Okay. It's trivial. Okay, cool. It means nothing to you. Yeah. Um, or you die. The uh, I quite like the idea of of of, of the group saying like of, of of talking to the group at the end of at the end of every session and saying, "All right, who wants to level up? Who like who thinks they've done it right?" Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And like if some of you do and some of you don't, it's okay as long as you stay within like one or two levels of each other, depending on the game. Yep. Um, but if generally people say I want to level up then cool like they get like they get some feedback for playing the game like I've had I, I, I've had sessions of D&D where I've turned up had been in a fight for four hours and all I've done is lost hit points yeah and you get you nothing know, like, to show for it like this thing I got some XP but it was it was an incremental advance towards the next level mm. um, I think 13th Age actually has a system called incremental advances which I always forget to use yes where you can take a bit of your next level up early yeah Bit weird, doesn't quite work. Mm. Um, but it's um, it's a nice idea, 
in that he's like, well, I, I want to have, I want to have my, um, uh, I want to have the skill I get at next level. Okay, cool, I'll have that now and level up, and so I'll get that a little bit later, and so it's slightly more spread out. But um, yeah, like one of the one of the big problems with with um, with role playing games is quite often, um, especially trad role playing games, is you don't get direct mechanical feedback for your actions. It's all delayed. Mm. Uh, and so, like, at the end of a game, we're saying, what, do you want to level up? Or not? And people can chat through it. It's like, oh, you know what, I'm happy with my character. I don't, I, I, I don't want to level up. So actually, you know what, I want to try something new. I want to get some new stuff. I'll level up. And the idea is that it's not going to make the game any easier, per se, or more easy to win, because the GM's got infinite bees. <laughs> yeah, I, as the bees. GM, As the GM, whatever fucking game we're playing in, unless there's some sort of poxy GM-limiting rules... I can just open a portal to bees in my back pocket. Yeah, I, I mean, don't care if you're. I don't care if you're immune to bees. They heat death you. <laughs> by, which, by, by which I mean they cuddle you. So it's the opposite of heat death. They cook you. Yes. Mm, go on. So the other thing you can do is for say something like Torchbearer, like an OSR mm-hmm. potential power gamey type thing. Just just say, cool. You get to pick whenever you level up. However, mm-hmm. you cannot do it in a dungeon. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Any like other time, knock yourself out. You do what you want, but you yeah. cannot do it while in a dungeon. And it, like, you, when, like you can't level up more than once at the same time. You have yes, to go back into a dungeon. You can't skip a level. Yeah, essentially. Um, but aside from that, let, let people do it. You know, it's like, yeah, like like you can always you can always tweak the things. And also, what they're doing is they're essentially saying how long they want the campaign to be. Yeah, because adventuring for max level for a long time is boring. Yeah. Like, I understand a, a, a good couple I'm, of games to sort of... Never done it. No, but I can understand a good couple of games to to get your reward, as it were. Mm. To enjoy being as powerful as you're ever going to get. And like, and, like, going up against enemies who are even harder than you and telling that story and then, okay, time to retire. Yep. But you're not going to want to play for another year at max level no. without leveling up again. So the faster you go through the levels, the shorter the campaign is, traditionally. Mm. But but it still shows that players are interested and engaged and having fun, and you might as well go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? GMs, let your players decide. Or And also, game designers, write mechanics that let players decide. <laughs> yeah. That's us, Chris. We're done. We are done. And get out of this incredibly warm room. I'm a hot mess. I'm going outside into the sun. No, bad. Oh, that's the opposite of what I need to do. I'm going to crawl in. I'm going to pull all of the shells out of my freezer and fold myself up. I'm going like, to hide under my desk and cry. Like that mummy in the Welcome Collection. That dried out sand mummy. I'm going to curl myself up and maybe, if I'm lucky, die in my freezer. What's a Welcome Collection? Uh, the Welcome Collection. It's a museum in London. They have a uh, they have a, a a mummy there, but it was a kind of a naturally occurring mummy in that it was it was buried in the desert sand and desiccated. Okay. It's just like it's just like on in a corner. Like it's the a ice museum. man we saw in Texas. Yeah, not sure about that one. Completely fake, but it was lovely. Yes, it was an interesting situation to mm. be part of. We went to a freak show in Texas in yeah. Austin. On that subject. I want freak shows. I want to be encased in a block of ice forever. Yes, please. I want to die in a frozen block of ice, which stills my blood to the point where I am Walt Disney-like frozen, and then in future generations you can wake me, and you can we can see what effect our 
I'm going to say our, our magnum opus. What legacy that has had on the world as, as, like, as, as we see the various cults that arise that interpret the true meaning of Hearty Dice Friends. Those, uh, those, of, the, those, those who are following Chris as the true messiah and Grant as the true messiah. Um, like the various cults that spring up around us, so like you know, like yours, which uh, which which uh, have sacrament of um, uh, antidepressants and government issued cocaine, <laughs> um, and mine, which like fussing cats a lot. And there's, we probably, just more, s- there's probably more on your side there. Let's yeah. be honest. I'm I, I'm I'm more accessible. I yeah. think, um, but we look forward to that once we've both been frozen in ice and come out. And this ending, unfortunately, I've done this ending before I did the um, the spiel. That's fine. You can now segue into the spiel, imagining that you've just woken up. Okay. <sighs> the lights are so bright. These eyes have not seen for 200 years. Oh, it's fell over a little bit in my chair. <laughs> That's fine. You've just gotten out of cryostasis. If not, not now, cat. I'm trying to deliver a pitch in a funny way. Shut up. All right, just, just, just carry. If you've enjoyed what what we've done here, you can go. You can use a personal computer to access. Patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends. That's what we used to use in the past before all computers were injected into your blood. <laughs> You've just figured that out just after coming back cryostasis. They, they, they gave me a primer. Oh, a pamphlet. A little pamphlet. Oh, a little pamphlet. Oh. Um, what, what do they have instead of Twitter now? It's the ghost of Chris. Chris still, is a ghost. Chris it's died. Still Twitter. It's just even more racist. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on racist Twitter at if we've still got it after two hundred year uh, at HDF podcast. And finally, you can send us an email, which is what we used to do in the past instead of just yelling into the woods until a wolf heard. Now everybody writes letters with a quill. <laughs> How retro. It's very in. Our email address is heartydicefriends at gmail.com. Oh. And now we die. Expire. Put me back on ice. Wake me up when it's not just yelling into woods. Okay. Get no, in not, the box. Not you you're a ghost, we've established this. I just you di- you died box. in the freezer. Oh. And now now you're just energy. Oh dear. It, Energy bound to a luckless lab technician. Oh, God. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>